<laughs> hey, I'm Joe Lewis. Why do I introduce you? Yeah, myself? I don't know, because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, you never do it. No. But, I mean, there may be somebody who's tuning in for the first time wondering why Kevin Smith has went, let himself go. <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about you, which makes no sense to your joke, because you introduce yourself and I don't. Well, I'm just saying if one time they didn't, I didn't introduce myself, and it's the first time this person's ever watched this episode, watched our show, and then her one... Oh, Jesus. You okay there? Explaining this you gonna to make it? <sighs> Please go on. Don't anger up his blood. <laughs> I don't... He'll, get, he'll get the rage. <laughs> anyway. Carry to the rage. Yeah. Do you, does anybody else want to talk? No. 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 Rasputin. In fact, let's, just do a whole, let's do a whole hour where we say nothing. Oh. Probably get just as many hits. Yeah, our <laughs> SoundCloud and iTunes listeners. <laughs> Oh my god, it. and we'll build as our special meditation episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just go, um, um, for an hey, hour? He's talking about electric current. Oh, oh, oh. Two engineers out there just giggled. And then they said, why are we wasting our time with this? So. The thing is, first of all, make sure if you go to iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, rate us, do all those things. Go to our website. Rate us and subscribe. The thing yeah, is, subscribe. actually, leave comments. The thing is, reviews. actually, either uh, Kurt Russell or Wilfred Brimley. Anyway, the thing is, is that I'm going to ignore James. And I was telling them earlier, I was watching some YouTube stuff for research and realize there's several other shows out there that have many more hits than ours, and frankly, they're not as good. Are the people more attractive? Nope. Huh. What do you, what do you think I'm bringing the ratings are, down? Are you, are you defining us as attractive? I mean, some people find some of us attractive. You sex symbol, you. <laughs> they really want to turtle wax that dome of yours. <laughs> I don't believe any of this. You're like Picard's lesser-known cousin. <laughs> Who was raised in the basement and thrown pork chops. But not good pork chops. Like We're talking out-of-date Lion King bleached. <laughs> what? Lion, Lion King, King bleached? Food line. Food line. Lion King bleached. <laughs> food line. What's the food line? The Can you smell <laughs> the chops tonight? Oh, I screwed that up wrong. All right. So basically what we're trying to do is finish up several. We finished up time travel. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, if you're still watching us after two episodes of time travel, God really? bless you. Bless you. Really? Yeah. I don't think it's our best work. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. So if, if you could you're turn still, back time, you'd do it differently? If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I would take back the words that hurt you, and you'd stay. If I could reach the stars! Anyway, so we want to finish up our next topic. We, See you in courtship. We have, we try to listen to our fans, and our fans really want us to finish Stephen King. We want to finish Stephen King. Yeah, we want to. I don't. I'm against the monarchy. And Why can't it be Stephen uh, Democrat? You don't have anything to say. You don't have anything Stephen to say. Stephen President. You could have gone. You could have gone. Stephen Hawking's. Stephen Dorff. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Spielberg. That's a good one. Kudos, Stephen Oliver. Just, just your lower story. your head in shame. Yeah. We're talking Stephen King. King, yay! Part three. Three. Once again, for those of you that don't know Stephen King, if you like Dean Koontz. <laughs> Something like that. I am. He, who is writing his jokes tonight? I don't know. Oh, so, um, the, the movies we're going to be covering on this episode, there are some really great ones, classics. Mm -hmm. There are some forgotten treasures. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other crap. Is there? Yes. In my opinion, there are. And we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully get to those two, but there's also utter crap. Okay. And what I like to kind of compare these two is like the deli meat section at your local supermarket. <laughs> now, hold on, now hold on. I don't know where this Which is Which movie is Pickle Loaf, Chad? <laughs> hold on, let me get there. So you have your high quality deli meat. You know, you buy it every time. It will never fail. It will always taste great. I can't afford Spam. it. Spam. Then you have the store brand deli meat treat. It's just as good. Slightly different, but it never fails you. And then, of course, you have your rancid hobo butt meat. Did you work all day on this metaphor? No, I actually thought about it about five minutes before I walked down here. You can tell. I Rancid hilarious. hobo butt meat. Yes. 
You can hear no. them. You can hear them this laughing is. out there in the YouTube land. Haley looks really no, horrified. No, I've got a question though. Now, is rancid hobo butt meat? Is that meat from the butt of a hobo? Of a hobo. Well, my question there is, what do they do with the rest of the hobo? You know, Native Americans let him use all of the hobo. Well, but he don't have a butt. How is he going to sit down? Hobos sit down a lot. And what is he going to sing? Where do they sit? They walk on their curb. What is he going to sing after he goes, what, what? What? <laughs> chicken butt. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and get started. We left off on misery. Yep. We sure did. We sure did. The next one up is Sometimes They Come Back. Sometimes They Come Back is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> one of two Stephen King movies starring... You know what, what's different? Sometimes They Come Back is not at all like a lot of people's fathers after they go to the store to get a lottery ticket. <laughs> a lottery ticket. Lottery ticket. A lot no, it's one of two Stephen King movies starring... Um, what's his name? From The Dark Half. Lawrence Fishburne. Timothy Hutton? Isn't he Timothy Sean Hutton a star sometimes? I, I don't back? think Timothy Hutton's in that. Okay. But anyway, sometimes they come back's not a good movie. And then they made sequels. How many sequels did they make on this one? Sometimes they come back again. Sometimes they come back for more. more. I think there's two sequels, right? Sometimes Timothy Matheson. Ah. Sometimes they come back Tim and Matheson. do a dance number. With Some people call him Tim. His friends call him Tim. Yeah. He's, you can I am him. an enchanter. Yes. My name is Tim. Tim. The next would be Golden Years. I yeah, mean, I'm, un, unless you want to spend a long time. I've actually never seen back. Golden Years. I have seen Golden Years. I watched it when it came out. It was not all of them are written by Stephen King, so it was one of those. They're popular now, but they weren't that popular then. It wasn't necessarily a miniseries. It's like a limited series. So, yeah. in the same way, Kingdom Hospital, which we'll get to eventually, was kind of unlimited. Of course, they, had, they were going to do another, and then nobody tuned in for the last few episodes. Well, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. But, but The Golden yeah. Years is about a guy, he's kind of a janitor, he's an older gentleman, seven, in his 70s at least, and he uh, works in this facility, and then he gets caught up in an experiment, and time starts going back, and he starts getting younger. So, it's, so it's Benjamin Button. Yeah, I guess. Is it cocoon? done poorly? Is it cocoon? I don't know that it's done poorly. It has one of your favorite character actors in it, Stephen Rudes. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't it Rudd? Is what? it Rude? It's R-O-O-T, isn't it? Rude. Okay, sorry. That's all I have about sometimes it come back. I don't think it's... You mean Golden Years? Yeah. Golden Years. Golden Years. Now, Let's move on to something else. No, no, talk about Golden Years. We're going to talk about Joe Dante the rest of this episode. Get, talk so about, gremlins! <laughs> talk, about, talk about Golden Years. Did Kevin ever end up with Winnie Cooper? Or? What's the next movie? The <laughs> next movie <laughs> is The Lawnmower Man. Now, we've talked about The Lawnmower Man in other episodes yeah. in reference to... I actually rewatched it a few weeks ago. Believe it or not. I still like it. I still like it too. I watched it about a month ago. It's just not you that. said you hated it though. I it, did. Yeah, remember when yes. he went off and said he didn't like it? Yes. Now, now go back and watch our other episodes and comment and rate them. And, it's and not it, as good as I thought it was. I mean, it's not. No, it's better. But it's I, not the story. I did watch one YouTuber today, and he did say something about it, and I thought it was pretty accurate. Is is that when he saw it as a child, it had great. It had. State of the art special effects at that time. Yeah. And action and boobs. And it was everything his 10 year old mind could handle. <laughs> so I was older than 10 when I saw it, but I liked it. And then rewatching it, I still kind of liked it. There's some good, there's some underlining themes that I think are still there. The story is, you know the story. I'll tell you the story really quick. Uh, it's that? directed by Brett Leonard. Who what went happens, on to direct Man Thing. What happened? Which I have not watched yet. Uh, is a they had it was called Future Wars or something like that. Okay. And they had the title. They'd already paid Stephen King for the title, and they just took that script and threw the Lawnmower Man on it. And there's like a couple of reference about the bird bath during the movie. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Huh. And then Stephen King sued them, and they still wouldn't take his name off of it. I didn't know this, and he kept suing them. And then finally, a judge ruled in his favor. Favor, and I think it's New Line. And they said New Line would have to pay him $10,000 a day till they took his name off of it. And then they took his name off of it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Stephen King. No. The short story it's based on, we'll get to this as we go on a few of these, well, is not... You've mentioned this in another... In a yeah, right. it's, it's Pan. It's, it's not good. Yeah. 
Ron yeah, Moore, man, directed by Brett Leonard. Of Man Thing fame. Yes. He also directed Virtuosity. He directed... I like uh, Virtuosity. Dean Koontz. What's that one with Jeff Goldblum? Hideaway. He directed Hideaway. Hideaway. Too. And by the way, see, I know we're talking about Stephen King, but Hideaway is the one Dean Koontz book that I really enjoy. And if you've seen the Hideaway movie with Jeff Goldblum, Alicia Silverstone... Um, Jeff Goldblum's good in it. Alicia mm-hmm. Silverstone is completely miscast because it's supposed to be a little girl with a handicap. Um, but the ending of that movie is they do... I, I watched the making of that film back when they used to have TV shows that just talk about, here's special effects. And they were talking about that film. Uh, at the end, there's this big creature kind of fireball thing, and that, none of that's in the book. But it was done by dancers. And they did stop motion capture stuff. That's on. great. What's this got to do with Stephen King? Well, what I was going to say is though, and that's what I was getting to is Brett Leonard has a unique ability to get himself attached to films that have ideas, and then he makes a movie that has none of those ideas. Yeah, Paul W. Anderson, probably W. S. Anderson's probably guilty of the same thing. And that's, I, I think that's, I mean, because I like like the main thing film. I like for what it is. It's just not main thing. <laughs> Anybody have anything else to add, and we'll get on to some better ones here than to the Lawnmower Man. I'm done. That's what. That's the story. That's how it was made. It's actually a hit, and yeah. they made it a sequel. Joe Matt Frewer. But it was actually called something else. It was some, and then they called it another. It's called Lawnmower Man Two, something. Something Wars or something Joe's like War, Cyber right? War. No, no, it was called it, it was called Joe's War right. when they released it on video. Okay, they changed the title. Hmm. It has that no, happens more than people know, though. Yeah, because they a, did it to Tom Cruise. There's a lot of films that you can go back and and quite frankly, they end up getting bought by Mystery Science or they end up being bought by Mystery Science Theater 3000. But if you go out and find them on the video store shelf, they have a completely different title and, and usually completely different cover. They didn't change the title, but they did the same thing to Ghostbusters. They put "Answer the Call" for the for the all ladies Ghostbuster movie. Uh, Yes. For Edge of Tomorrow is Live, the Die, Repeat, and then at the bottom said Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's... Anyway, so, our next one is Sleepwalkers. I Oof. like Sleepwalkers. Chad watched it this week and does not like Sleepwalkers. Yeah, so I... So it's directed by Mick Garris, who would go on to... Direct six Stephen uh, King movies? We will go and through does, them. And by yeah. the way, does the post-mortem podcast, which you should listen You should listen to. to I mean, post- don't stop listening to us. No, but go... Finish this up. But go, I... There's just so much we, about this movie that I don't feel like makes any sense. And I don't... And maybe I'll miss something. Tonally, it's it's a little off. Like, for when... The, incest, the incestuous relationship. By the way... Spoiler! We should tell you, spoilers, we talk about parts of the movies. <laughs> Well, and there's sleeping. no reason for it. They just they're there and they're getting it on. Why? His mom. It's a mother and the son, and they're these ancient creatures called sleepwalkers, and they basically thrive on people's souls. Yeah, they're van- soul vampires, right? Yeah. So, why is that happening? Number two, they're so afraid of cats. They can't go near cats. Cats can kill them. Cats can kill them, but yet the movie opens with Mark Hamill. Going into a house that I'm assuming that they were there and there, that uh, <laughs> just messing with you. Keep going. They were there and, and it's filled with cats, and it, it's filled with dead cats hanging from trees, implying that they killed all these cats. But yet they can't go near the cats or the well, cats. They have them. traps set next for them. Well, I know, but that place. would imply that they actually went out there, and, which according to them, living in this small little town, they couldn't do. And then three, the son's going out to try to find a woman. To suck her soul out to give to her mother because she can't go out because she's I think Ill. that's how they have sex, though. They, they transfers the energy to her. I think that's another part of the But yet, to... after her son dies, she's super strong and goes out and kills a bunch of cats and then goes and sucks out. None of this movie makes sense to me. I was sitting there watching it going, what the hell's going so, on? What you're telling me, uh, as somebody that hasn't seen this film, I will admit I haven't seen Sleepwalkers. Uh, what, really? Is that the Marvel comic Sleepwalker makes even more sense now because you tried to explain to me Stephen King's Sleepwalker. <laughs> well, it has a great cast. It, oh, an amazing cast. Except for Brian Krause. Yeah. I mean, he's serviceable and this is, in the and role. And by the way, one thing we should say, we're talking about Stephen King. This, is this, is my research right? This is unpublished. Yeah, it's unpublished. It's the first time he, well, it's the first time they made a movie that was just written for the screen. Okay. Right. Now, he would do that later mm-hmm. with a great miniseries called Storm of the Century that we'll get to. Yes. 
but Sleepwalkers was the first time, to my knowledge, that it was just written for the screen. Because on the poster, which I should have gotten out and dug out, out of my collection of a gabillion, it actually has written for the scream. Oh. <laughs> Be careful with that joke, it's an antique. My poster signed by Mick Garris. I got nothing. <laughs> Except the poster signed by Mick Garris. <laughs> and he did give he did retweet us. But yeah. 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 Postmortem. Let's and do I, it. I love Mick Gar I love Mick I really do. No, he's he's it's he's, just I don't understand I I, I love Sleepwalkers as a there's child. A, I I've never got I've, I've messaged him about it and of course he turned us down because I invited him on the podcast. However, or at least to just chime in, but he was busy shooting a, an episode of um uh, once upon a time. Yeah. And I'm sure that was his that was his cordial reason. It was I don't want to do your shitty podcast. Yeah. But I'd like to talk to him because Stephen King has a, has said that the first cut was a solid horror film and then Universal, I think that's from Universal, recut it and he says it's two shades above Dr. Giggles. Yeah. I agree. I don't so know that I completely deserve agree. an Oscar. Because it doesn't really Dr. Become, Eagles, it doesn't great. become a horror film until the last act, yeah. and even then, it's a quasi-action film. I mean, the mother's just going around hey, tearing, tearing crap up in town. And then they have, she has all those bad lines, all those groaners. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Uh, and then she even stabs a guy with a corn cob. Yes. Right? Yes. But it has Ron Perlman, Mark right. Hamill... Uh, Alice Craig, I think. The, yeah, the board so, queen, who's so a great actress. And so, for James's benefit, this movie starred two Star Trek villains. Yeah, Ron Perlman and her. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Motkin Amick, who was famous for uh, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Yeah. And uh, Lost in Paradise. <laughs> for John Lovitz. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, is is uh, uh, um, it, who else is in that? It's Dana John Lovitz. Carvey. Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. <laughs> Let's, let's take back. All right. Do we have anything else to add to sleep? I actually like Sleepwalkers. It's a, I, I saw like, it in the theater when it, it came out. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid until I watched it this week. I watched it in a few years, and I, I didn't think it was that bad. All right. The Dark Half. This one I do know something about. Go ahead. The Dark Half, it, it, that's the one that we've alluded to it before. Now, this one starts Timothy Hutton. The, this, this is Timothy Hutton. Yes! By George Romero. George Romero. The Type Off. That's how it ends, right? At the end, yeah. Him, it's it's about an author who's who's nom de plume. Did yeah. I say it correctly? Yeah, yeah. His, his pen name. His pen name. Uh, which is comes, what nom de plume means. Comes name to name. life. Yeah. And starts killing people. Yeah, so George it's, Stark, right? Yeah. Holy crap. I pulled um, that out of my butt. It's George so, Stark. So, yeah, and it's, uh, and and it works really well. Haley's doing this. Yes, it's I'm George Stark. I'm the whole episode. You're doing it, great. <laughs> it, Thanks. It works well in the book because you visualize it, but at the end they get into, instead of, it's like a, a gunfight, except they're using typewriters, and it's who can outright who. Sheriff Pangborn is another character that shows up later in Needful Things. Yes, which uh, we'll be talking about. I, I don't like the movie. It's one I of my least favorite George Romero films. I it's just boring. don't. I just don't think it has a hook. I like scenes in it. Mm -hmm. I love the scenes of the birds and stuff, but it's it's the uh, if you're gonna write, watch a film about a, a, an author struggling to deal with everything going on, watch adaptation. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I honest, like. Yeah, I mean, I mean I just, that's a great movie. The Dark Half. Uh, like I said, it's one that I have watched because somebody said. By the way. It's one of those things where I can tell how much people actually like me when they're like, oh, you like to write? You should watch The Dark Half. Really? Why? That's about somebody that writes. You, you'll like that, right? Who ever said that to you? Who pulled The Dark Half out of their butt to recommend Oh, it was uh, when I was in college. It would have been... So, 30 uh, years ago. I'm not that old. I'm not as old as you are. No, but you're getting there. If you, if I will, you, actually, I will never catch up to you, sir. If you keep working at it, you're going to catch... <laughs> that's what my dad says. I, I For long, did. you'll be right there. Nope, your bones will be older than mine for eternity. My boner's older than yours. Anyway. I wish it would stop being shown to me there, Louis C.K. Oh! Timely. Oh, my God. I'm such a Louis C.K. fan, but turns out... Well, like I said earlier, I, I said this before the cameras were rolling, it turns out I've seen ter two perverts in concert and didn't even know it at the time. And the other one was? Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. I got to see Bill Cosby live. I mean, he didn't offer me a drink or anything, so I'm a little offended. But No, you're not his type. 
You want to move on from the dark half? I don't have anything. Right, so I, I know. Th I know that it was made for Orion. Orion was going bankrupt, yeah. so I don't know how much of that. They had, had spent all that three amigos money. I don't know um, how much that had to do with a lot of that stuff, yeah. but I know Orion was going well, bankrupt because Romero ended up. I think it was Monkey Shines. He he also did for Orion. Ended up getting screwed. Kept him from doing Pet Cemetery because they wouldn't let him out of his contract right. to go and do it. Right. But I mean, and I'm not as big a Stephen King fan as you all. Um, I appreciate what he does. I think he's extremely talented. But if you, even me as a non-super fan, if you hold a gun to my head and say, pick ten of his works to adapt to a film, Dark Half ain't going to make that list. And I don't know them all. And they've all. done it twice. Who's the second one? The Secret secret Window, right? That's, no, that's no. Secret Window. Okay. Yeah, secret Window, Secret Window. Okay. Secret Window, Secret Garden. Yeah. It's after four past midnight. It's in four past midnight. Okay. What's next? I don't know why I didn't just call it. I don't know why you call yourself a Stephen King fan. The next one is the Tommy Knockers. All right, so knock, honor knock, piece knocking <laughs> on Tommy's door. Hey, 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 hey yeah. This Tommy, movie, home. This movie, Tommy, can you hear me? It sucks. It's it's been it's pretty much been wiped out of existence. Jimmy Smith is in it. Tracy Lords, uh, Marge Helgenberger. Marge Helgenberger, yeah. Um. Directed by John Power, who literally directed nothing. I'll put this in here just because I find it hilarious. Uh, he's also directed Heart of Fire, starring Patrick Duffy. Team this is the synopsis. <laughs> this is the synopsis of the film. Now you know you read synopsises; they usually come or synopses. It, it, go ahead. They usually, synapses are usually <laughs> the synopsis. You know they're usually a pretty good chunk, or they hook you. There they hook you. Yeah. This one. A firefighter helps a child trapped under a truck. That's the synopsis That's of John. That's not what the Tommy Knockers is about. <laughs> no, it's not what the Tommy Knockers. I just had to bring that up because literally I have nothing to talk about this movie other than, according to Stephen King, when he wrote this, it was an allegory for his personal battles with substance abuse. Yeah, because the guy is an alcoholic. Yeah, the, Jim Gardner is largely based on himself. Jim Gardner's an alcoholic. He ends up sa sacrificing himself to save everybody. Actually, I like the book. I had never read it and read it just this past summer. I listened to it. And it's a long book. Yeah. And nobody... It's a... Dep I wouldn't say it's a depressing... It... Well, most... It just, they are. are depressing. The story is unwielding. It's so big. Like a lot of Stephen King novels. But... You know what? Say it's just got so many great characters that I just fell in love with listening to and dealing and where they're going through. And the whole town gets screwed by this spaceship. Yeah. I mean, they all die. Yeah. For the most part. And and that, uh, the miniseries doesn't really capture any of that. It kind of deals with a little bit of it, but it glosses over. It just it's a terrible movie. Yes. God, I, and the special effects are awful. And, you all mentioned. Was, I don't remember correctly. And when no, when it came out, it sucked. Yeah. But, you know, you all mentioned Jimmy Spence's in this, and this is just an aside, but who the heck is Jimmy Spence's agent? Because uh -huh. all I'm sitting here going is that he's... he's done, Abe Vigoda. He's done Million Dollar Hotel, written by Bono. Yeah, directed by Bono, too. Um, and Mel, Not Parker. Bono, too, the, his brother, just Bono, <laughs> the, the, the original. Uh, and partially financed by Mel Gibson. Where is this going? Dude. Well, I just... He's in Star Wars too. He's in Star Wars. That, but it's one of those things. Okay, yeah. listen. We got three films. Of what you do? One's Tommy Knockers with no budget whatsoever. Y'all do that. One's Million Dollar Hotel. What's it about? I don't know. Where you gonna play some crazy guy that wears a bathrobe? Well, I think this was right after L.A. Law, so I don't think he had a lot going on in terms of career. -wise. He did do NYPD Blue though. But that was this is uh, Tommy Knockers. If I'm somebody look it up pre NYPD Blue. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And post L.A. Law. It sucks. But anyway, it's all. Read awful. the book. And and you can't find and I, if you can find a copy of it, send it to me. Yeah, Chad. Can I say? No, you can't. I looked for copies <laughs> and could not find things. All right, fine. Um, Rat him out. And so next, uh, Needful Things. I don't even care that much for the book. I love this movie. Why? It's fantastic. It is. I love every character in the show in the movie. It was great. Don't and I it, need to rewatch it? You really do need to rewatch it. Did you watch? Now, there's an extended a, version too. I've, if I've seen the extent, I don't know if it was. Did this, you know that? There's it? like an extended TV version, by the way. Oh yes, I knew hours. that. Yeah, I know. Isn't I didn't this watch that the uh, general story of monkey paws? Yes. Yeah. 
it's, I mean, that's what it that's is. That's exactly I, what it is. I'm, Satan comes to a small town in Maine and says, I'm which, about to F everything up. By the way, by the way, my that's favorite thing all... about that, if you're a big fan of Rick and Morty, they do an entire episode about that. Yeah. And and Rick walks in and goes, oh, you're the devil. I get it. And he starts, he creates a way to cure all the curses and he puts the devil out of business yeah. and that's the plot to the episode. No, I'm... I'm it's, all, it's even funnier if you've seen Needful Things. I think it was a modest hit when it came out. The movie? I don't think so. But, okay. maybe, but the book was a big seller. Yeah. The book came out right at the same time. Only reason it wasn't number one through this whole sum one summer, and I remember this, uh, and I, just because I used to get Entertainment Weekly, because uh, they, someone had wrote a sequel to something called Gone with the Wind. It's called Scarlet. Scarlet, and Scarlet came and out at the same time, and, and it was it was like this every week on the on the on the New York Times bestseller. It was Scarlet and Evil Things, Scarlet and Evil Things. And that Evil was things the was second summer too. where so many people got Scarlet Fever. Very few people died that time. And my hobo butt meat joke wasn't funny. I didn't think that was funny either. All right. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of people that survived scarlet fever out there rolling. They're having seizures, but they're rolling. <laughs> but, no, yeah, needful things. I really did. I enjoyed it when it came out in 95. So we were talking about the ending, though. and they, the, the, ending, the ending, I love, the ending's perfect. So he just drives away. He just drives away. After he causes all, after he causes all this. <laughs> 93. No, thank you. I didn't know what you were doing. You were throwing it's up fingers. And, and it's a Castle Rock film, which Castle means Rock. it was produced by Rob. Produced, produced by Rob. It Rock. also takes place in Castle Rock. Mm -hmm. It's the last Castle Rock story. Not supposedly. to be confused with Casserly Rock, which is in the Game of Thrones. Well, he kind of destroyed Castle Rock. Yeah, he anyway. destroyed Castle Rock. <laughs> That's the reason it's the last yeah, story. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it it just and and it has some of the great great Pete. Great character actors in it. J.T. Walsh is fantastic I in agree. this movie. J Did you look up the thing I told you about? No, I didn't. Ebert? I didn't have a chance to. Yeah. Ebert, Roger Ebert always said, even if a movie sucks, if it had J.T. Walsh in it, he would at least know there was something to watch in it. J.T. Walsh was one of the greatest <coughs> character actors of all time. Another example of this, too, is Amanda Plummer. Amanda Plummer is batshit nuts fun to watch. Yeah, and she's same in this. Um, but Ed Harris, same thing. <laughs> But this and this movie has all of them. Um, Bonnie Bedelia is the Bonnie Bedelia who was in Salem's Lot. Yes, and Die Hard. Nakatomi. Anyway, um, but that but I'm just referring. And to And do you know who directed it? Did you look this up? No. Fraser Heston. I don't know who that is. He had he's Old the Man Heston's boy, son of Charlton Heston. Oh, that makes sense. And this is pretty much the only movie he did. After that, he did a bunch of stuff about my daddy. <laughs> So this is his one movie. This That's, was he done. He done some other things, but this is the one, the only one of note. Do you know who wrote it? Um, the actual no. screenplay. Okay, mm -hmm. I was curious. Oh, the one thing we didn't talk about is you know, this is yeah, yeah. This is the same sheriff that was in the dark half. He's sure. played by Michael Rooker in the dark mm -hmm. half. Um, Another great character actor. Uh, also, uh, the novel, if I'm not mistaken, actually featured a return of a character from a Stephen King of a previous Stephen King story. Which character? Uh, Ace Merrill. Yes. From Stand By Me. Yeah. Played by Keith or, Keith or Sutherland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand but no, Because uh, the devil puts Ace up to try to... Yeah, 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 yeah. So this movie, I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed it when it came out in 93. And then... <laughs> it came out, that means it came out close to after the book came out. Yeah. And I, I watched it this week and I could not stop watching it. I, mean, I need to rewatch it. Was it was really entertaining. I, now it could have been that I watched it. It was the one, the one shining... Beacon in a movie crap sandwich. Does the I kid watched. shoot himself? They imp they implied they they don't show it. Oh, he blows they, his they, brains out in the book. But they say he survived. No, he didn't survive. Yeah, <laughs> they they said he survived. That he did. Try the older to kill brother himself. does. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's so, needful things. By the way, it seems like a lot more people survive in the in the movies than because we talked about that before. Cujo, that Cujo kid walks away. Yeah. Not yeah. so much. All right. Anybody got anything to add to Needful Things? No. Let's get all on to the right. classic. Let's go on to the stand. I, all right. So everybody and their One mother... One of the best REM songs. Everybody and their mother tried to adapt the stand. Uh, Stephen King wanted it done for 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 the for theatrical. Uh, George Romero once worked on it, but mm -hmm. he couldn't. Uh, they couldn't get a deal to do a three-hour movie because that was kind of unheard of in the 80s to mm -hmm. do a three-hour movie. Yeah. That wouldn't come along till. A little bit later, Lord of the Rings made that popular again. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
it was unheard of. He couldn't get it done. Right. And finally, they ended up doing it as a miniseries, which Romero said to me in the audience that that was never... That when he worked with Stephen on it, that wasn't what Stephen wanted, but... Right. Well, Lieutenant Dan came along, and that changed. The thing is, is is that I... You all can talk about it just as soon as I say this. We watched The Dark Half, and The Dark Half is a dog turd wrapped in a piece of shit. Puked on by a Sumatran rat monkey. Yeah. And it's a terrible movie. The Stand is a huge mammoth book that I love. It's one of my favorite Stephen King novels. And I love the characters in it. And I actually like the miniseries quite a bit. I did too. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. there's some parts... I, I still enjoy The Stand. I will not badmouth The Stand one bit. It may I, be I Mick Garris' best movie. Yeah, it is. And I will say that there are parts that, that I are don't... The I will say there are parts of the, of the miniseries that haven't necessarily aged well. A lot of special effects. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thought, I still would like to know, I couldn't find any research on this, because, I, and maybe you know, why did they make the, um, why did they shoot the whole farm scene on a set and not actually in a farm? I don't know, because That's, it looks like a set. It is it, a set. But it is an other world, maybe they're trying to give it an other worldly feel. That makes sense, because, I mean, that was the one thing that bothered me today is i watched I've, i didn't get to watch it for the but i've watched it plenty of times i know it by heart it's a but, long watch yeah. it's not like let's prepare for this i'm gonna watch the stand tonight it's yes. gonna be i'm gonna watch the stand for the next three nights right yeah but yeah it's that, over six hours long that's one that's the one piece that really bothered me the most is why is that a set but they could have gone to any farm and then reading the research as to how much money they spent to make that it Why? was huge. It was a huge thing. And you know, it wasn't shot on 35 millimeter. Did you know it was shot on 16, Super 16, and they blew it up to 35? That's no. another reason why it looks a little grainy. No, I didn't know that. And the reason Mick Garris did that was to save money and to go quicker. Oh, really? Yeah, Super 16. Wow. But see, as big as, as much money as they had, they still didn't have enough money to quite do it. Hmm. But uh, my only comment on it is, I would just say... M O O N spells great cast. I, I don't. I, I, it's almost perfectly cast. Molly Ringwald may very well be the only miscast person in the movie. Not you, that I hate Molly Ringwald, uh, it, but you've got. I mean, if you're a character actor person, you've got Matt Furrer. You've got Miguel Ferrar. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. You've, I know. Alf's like, dad. Yes. <laughs> uh, is it Ozzie Davis's wife? Ozzie, yes, um, yes, yes. Uh, what's her name? Ozzie Davis's wife. I forgot her name too. Is it? It's not. Oh man, I can't believe I. Oh her name. yeah, I Ruby. but Ozzie Ruby, Davis, Ruby Ozzie D. Davis actually wasn't yes. supposed to be in that movie. Ruby, Ruby D. Ozzie Davis is in it, but he wasn't supposed to be. He was yeah. supposed to go to somebody. It was supposed to go to another actor. Who was he, it supposed to go to? I have to look it up. I forgot who it was supposed to go okay. to. Okay, but I mean, literally, a cast... did Ruby talk him into it? I, it, who knows? it may have been one of those. This is convenient. He's here. He's here. Um, but He's you're talking actor. about a cast that if you were trying to get back together, it's almost we talked about this before, like the Quick and the Dead. If, oh yeah, if we talked about Sam Raimi movies, I mean, that's what Quick I'm and the Dead has probably you, one of the you're best. You're talking about ca a cast that if you tried to, oh, a couple of them are dead, which complicates it too. But if even if you would have tried five or six years after that movie came out to get that cast back together, you would not you have been able to do it. it. But you know, you know this this book was also Stephen King's version of Lord of the Rings, right? You know that, and he even says that. In what sense? He wanted to write it. It's it's his American version of Rings. Oh, okay. And there are a lot of parallels. There, um, yeah. I, you no, know, I did. I never. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, huh. If I did, I forgot. Okay. But um. But yeah. Why Thank don't you we for teaching a, me. Why don't yes, we write welcome. a version of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I'm serious. If, if, why is it that it, when, when Stephen King does it, it isn't Because he has talent. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. God. So you're telling me my... <laughs> but did you know who all was... Who, who Many of the people that were considered to be playing Randall Flagg as well? No. They, 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 Jamie they, Sheridan played him. Yeah, and they decided to go for a lesser-known face, but Christopher Walken. That would have been fine. Christopher Walken. Willem Dafoe. It's William Dafoe. Now, did these people turn them down? No, well... I don't know if they turned him down, but they these were people that were being considered. Christopher Walken, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe would have been an interesting. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. And James Wood. I really oh, like man. Willem Dafoe. I would love four. to see Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Actually, any of those, I would have, and, and, and I know 
but they said for people that are only exposed to James Woods now through his crazy right wing. I was never. Right wing. I don't even know if they were offered. It said that they decided. But to watch Digstown and enjoy the ride. They decided Digstown to go with a less, lesser known face. But I mean, I'm sure it might have been. It probably could have been a budget thing. I do know that Jamie Sheridan, I do know that when he went into audition, Stephen King had a, this is one of those, I don't know if it was the first time, but it was definitely probably one of the first times he had this much control over a production of his work. Yeah. Because he got to pick the director, he got to, he (laughs) he kept casting and all that other stuff. And I know that he told a story when Jamie Sheridan came in to do the audition for Flag. He actually did this little thing and then looked up and goes, Hey, this Flag's a funny guy. And that's how he got the part. <laughs> oh. Because they was like, yeah, he is a funny guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the other thing, too. And he's not bad in it. I hate his hair. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad it's you brought a lot of time on his hair. I'm glad you brought up it's... the topic of Stephen King having a lot of control. Yeah. Because there's one key element, and this was very progressive for the time because this was early 90s mm-hmm. um when there was actually something called a miniseries yeah and life stopped because there was only four channels and the miniseries took over but um so the boulder free zone yeah you know they were originally supposed to film that in boulder colorado uh-huh stephen king said nope why because um um colorado passed right before they were going to start filming Amendment 2, an amendment to their constitution which nullified any existing laws protecting the rights of homosexuals. Oh, really? So Stephen King said no, because his daughter is a lesbian. Yeah, yeah. So they cut that out and they shot it. Where did they shot it? They moved it to Utah. Well, I'm sure it's because his older daughter, but also for you people out there who don't know, follow him on Twitter. He will figure it out pretty soon. Stephen King is a huge advocate of almost every group. Yes. He is very leftish, and he is a staunch hater of some current politicians. Well, and I think the funny thing about that is, um, and no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, I, I follow Stephen King because he is just fascinating to follow. And he, uh, what was it? Uh, J.K. Rowling tweeted something the other day, and he literally just retweeted and said what she said, and then and then somebody else picked up it and and, and retweeted Stephen King and said what he said she said. He has given so much money back. There are so many book royalties that have went to other things. Yeah, and I he actually said tax me more. I yeah. have been privileged and I have been blessed. That was one of the I things I should that give he, more money back. He went off about because the Republican governor, yeah, uh, who he also hates, uh, made the comment. Well, Stephen King moved Florida, so he, and he goes, "No, we own property in Florida, but I pay my taxes in, in Maine, Maine too." Yeah. Basically, doing the equivalent of keep my name he out called, of your mouth. He called him out. He yeah. called him out and said, "Bullshit." Yeah. I want to pay more. I've been blessed. And by the way, I want to say, and I know we're talking about this film, but Stephen King and I mentioned J.K. Rowling, they have this weird, I, I want to say a bromance, even though she's obviously, uh, they have a, because they go back and forth occasionally on Twitter. And by the way, that's another reason, follow them both on Twitter. It is fascinating when they start talking about writing and he'll say, how did you do this? And then, you know. He also has a bromance with the Rainmaker. What's the guy's name? John of, Grisham. John Grisham. He and John Grisham are Out of friends. everything John Grisham wrote, you brought up The Rainmaker. The George, oh, well, him and George R. R. Martin. It's still one of my favorite interviews because George R. R. Martin doesn't understand how Stephen King can write as quickly as he does. But that, he, John, he stayed at John Grisham's house. They, 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 they're that close. I think once you're at a certain level, there's only the Rainmaker. There's only ignore you. There's only four no, or five other people out there that know what you're going through. Well, it's the say, reason why ex-presidents um, hang around. There's each other. a um, oh, the Rainmaker. Oh, she wrote the book. Oh, oh, not, what else do we hold have? On, to hold add on, hold on. Let me just say this to echo that sentiment. Jamie Attenberg. He brought up the Rainmaker. Oh, Jamie Adberg <laughs> wrote the novel All Grown Up, which nobody I'm here sorry. has read. Um, but what I want to say is she made that comment, and I've heard other authors talk about it too. Skipping it, Christmas, which became of, Christmas with the Cranks. He also wrote that. One of the things that authors go through, and they said that there is something about being able to talk to another author at any level because they understand what it's like to sit in meetings yeah. and try to pitch movies based on your stuff. And when you say, well, we can't do this, or you can't alter this part of it, and then here, and I think John Scalzi does it as well. They have people go, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and get back to you. And it's like, I just wasted two hours of my life. So I think that's, you're right. I think that's what it is. I think there's certain things that... You just understand. You understand what it's like to go through that, whether you're Stephen King or whether you're... What else do we have to add about The Stand? 
just it's an amazing miniseries. Go check it out. It really is. If you haven't seen it, it's a fairly di faithful adaptation. They change a few things. One of the things that always bothered me, although I kind of understand why, is that Stu is... What's Molly Ringwald's character's name? Oh, God, you put me on the spot. That's okay. I don't remember. I, and I, I remember Stu Redman, who was yeah. Lieutenant Dan... Who is, who is a fine actor named Gary Sinise. I know, I like to call him Lieutenant in the, Dan. In the miniseries, he, he, he gets Molly Ringwald pregnant. In the book, she's already pregnant by the time they meet. Yeah. So, she's pregnant by the as everyone's getting sick. I don't know. Just I don't know what it added or changed yeah. to... Why did you change that? Oh, well. Changes the ending a little bit, too. All right. So we got one classic, and now we're moving on to... To the Shawshank Redemption. The, one of the best movies of all time. If you're a fan, yeah, I, I find it odd that critics don't put it on their list. I, I don't understand it. But it's true. So now, I was going to say, there are some people, though, that have, have said that it was overlooked at the time. It should have gotten more. But there's a lot of people... I, I even read an article about it the other day, and there was several critics who come together and say, no, it's a movie that plays well. Well, uh, I'm serious. I know, just... Uh. But if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, it's, what, 100%? Yeah. And, well, it and if you go on most websites, um, if you ask people, they'll. it's usually in the top two or three, right? It's a great well, movie, and I think Frank Darabont is one of the most underappreciated directors, period. Who has uh, anger issues. Who has anger issues. Did you read any of that stuff that came out in that court case that he had sent in emails from The Walking, Walking Dead? No. If you get time. <laughs> Some of the I things know. he called people in email, it would have taken a writer to write it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so deplorable. Yeah. But the, the Shawshank was his first direct was his directorial debut, right? No, he directed a Buried Alive, a TV movie. Okay. Sorry. And, and that reason Not, and he, he had wrote a lot of horror movies. Uh, he wrote Nightmare on M Street 3. Some people consider Nightmare on M Street 3 the best nightmare. I don't yeah, agree. Well, it's the second best nightmare, but he, he wrote had, it. He, had, and he wrote the remake of The Blob. And The Fly 2. Which is not... What him, yeah. yeah. Well, as I say, he has a lot of involvement, though, with franchises that are beloved. He wrote a lot of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Beloved. And he has rewritten a bunch of scripts that he has never gotten credit for. Yeah. That we yeah. don't know, and some people do know, and he's it's, never gotten. He's a great script doctor. He sweetens sings well. That's a Hollywood and, term for Ed Sheeran. And in my opinion, he's Mitch Hedberg. He's directed. Uh, he's directed three of the best Stephen King adaptions. Period. I don't uh, think there's any three, argument. No, no. There's no argument to the three that he did, which we'll talk about all of them, of course. But no, there's no argument. There's. Shark in my Shark my opinion, out of every director. Well, Who's directed multiple Stephen King movies? He's the best. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no, even Mick Garris. Sorry, Mick. I love you, but Frank Darabont. Well, but I, and also, do you think that nobody's better than Frank Darabont? Do you think part of that is so that Frank Darabont? I mean, his first one was Shawshank. Shawshank. And you get, and you run with that, and then well, you, God, you gotta go back to him, and he probably is able to convert that into better funding. But he took. Better. He took, with the exception of the Green Mile, he took two other lesser-known Stephen King movies mm -hmm. and made them classics. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, it was well, and I love... I and love this the, is a short story. He took a short story and turned it into an almost two-and-a-half-hour classic. I love the casting way that got done, because that's the one thing I do know about it, was in in the actual story, Red is Irish. Yeah. And that, and it's they basically kept the line the same. Why do they Why call, they call you, you Red? Red? Maybe it's because I'm Irish. Which... Play so great when it's Morgan Freeman. Well, you know, look who, I mean, all the people who were considered to play Red, Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Paul Newman, Robert Redford. Did these were, people turn him down? No, well, no, but Frank Darabont kept pushing for Morgan Freeman because when he wrote the script, he, all, he always had Morgan Freeman in the back of his mind um, for the role because of his authoritative presence. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but yeah, um... <clears throat> But anyway. That's also another great cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and, you know, even Frank Darapont, Rob Reiner offered Frank Darapont $2.5 million for the script so he could direct it himself, and Frank Darapont turned him down. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. That's yeah, a good he story. said he wanted to do this because he felt there was something special here when he wrote this. He said, I want to do this myself. And he was originally going to do a horror movie similar to Chucky, Child's Play. Uh -huh. And he, he got to do this instead. 
Yeah, because he'd only directed a TV movie. Yeah. He did, how he got on Stephen King's radar is, is, is he directed a... So, The Dollar Story, we talked about that in previous episodes. Yeah. It, I think it's called The Girl in the Room. He directed his own short film of that, and it took him two or three years, and he did it on his own, and Stephen King liked it. Yeah. And it's one of the few dollar mm-hmm. ones he ever liked. So, thus the reason later, he got the rise of the Shawshank Redemption to be yeah. able to adapt it. He thought, he thought this was going to be really great, and it did. It turned out great. Um, but not at the time. It was not. Well, it was, was nominated for some Oscars, but it didn't. It did no well, business. Say, at and the I box saw office. an interview not too. I mean, but two to three it became years. one of the highest grossing video rentals of all time. Oh, it made money. Yeah, it made money. It it did it did not do great in the, in the theaters. I, but what I was gonna say is, I saw an interview two to three years after it came out, and of course mm-hmm. it was Tim Robbins, and they brought up Shawshank Redemption, and he jokingly said. It's hard to sell a movie with that title. Yeah, because yeah. he said I can remember it came out and people would be interviewing me about. It. So you you're in well, you're in the shoe she shoe shot. They were actually going to originally call the movie the whole title of the short story Rita Hayworth and the, the Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Redemption. But you know why they had to change it, right? Because they couldn't use Rita, use Rita Hayworth's name. I'm assuming. No, it's because people kept thinking that it was a movie about Rita Hayworth. Frank Darabont got auditions from models. Who thought that they were going to try? They were trying to get a role for Rita Hayworth. They were doing auditions for Rita Hayworth. That's funny. So he's like, okay, we got to change this to the Shawshank Redemption, so people will stop sending me. That's funny. Auditions for Rita Hayworth because they thought it was going to be a biopic. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't know. It's hard for me to pick the best Stephen King adaptation, but damned, it's close. It's close. And, I mean, honestly, in the it's a novella, and I was I, if you get a chance, Robert Robert Rodriguez, who's another filmmaker, uh, on El Rey, he has his own network, and does something called the Director's Chair. Have you all seen the one with Frank Darabont? I have. Yeah. Huh? I have not seen that. So seen you've something. seen it, Chad. He talks to him about it a little I bit, and he so. actually said, because it's Brooks, he said, "I when I when I when I watched the movie, I thought, oh yeah, and I remembered the short story of Brooks being all the way through it." He said, "No, you took a character that was in one paragraph that Stephen King mentioned in one paragraph and just built that out for it." Yeah, but and I so think, he changed stuff, whereas in the Green Mile, very little's different. Right. But what I love well, you about you didn't need to. What I love about um, the Shawshank Redemption, though, and it's a story I think you know as well, is Stephen King encountering a fan of the Shawshank Redemption. And he said at the grocery at, store. At the grocery store, in and Florida. she said something like, "You write those horror things. I don't like stuff like that." And he said, "What do you like? I like life-affirming stuff, like the Shawshank Redemption. I also wrote that." No, you didn't. Yep, he walked <laughs> off. She got mad at him. Got mad. Thought he was in a, lying. In a grocery called, store in Sarasota, Florida. Well, you called know, Stephen King a liar to his face please. and stormed off. Somewhere there's a little old woman in Florida. <laughs> she may be dead now, or maybe she'll come back again. But anyway. Um, uh, who who called Stephen King a liar to his face? Like I'll be honest, I'm not the diehard fan you all are, but if Stephen King pops up right now and he goes, I also wrote everything Harlan Ellison wrote, and he lies about it, I'd be like, well, he's here. I, I mean, yeah. God, it's rough. And you know Tom Hanks, who was in the Green Mile, we'll talk about that one, of course. You know this was supposed to be his first work with Frank Darabont. He was supposed to be Andy Dufresne. What happened? Forrest Gump. He picked Forrest Gump over it? Well, he was already committed to Forrest Gump, so he had to turn it down. And then Kevin Costner was also supposed to play it but he was too. <laughs> is it was it Waterworld? It was Waterworld. Oh, is it Waterworld? Yeah, he was already, He was too deep. He was too embroiled into filming because he was two foot if, deep. Yeah, in if, filming you, if Waterworld. you know anything about Waterworld, it went horribly wrong. Oh. Um, so yeah, he and was, still ended up making money. And God, I still, I was gonna say. And by the way, it, Waterworld's not a great film, but, but it's, it's not, not as the horrible as, as people, people have said. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't. Own it's a, not good, but it's. I mean, it's no Postman. You know, Charlie Sheen actually really wanted Andy Dufresne. I know. I do did know that. He tried really hard to get Andy Dufresne. And, and yeah. they said, no thanks. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those scripts. I, like Was I said, it overshadowed because of all that hot shot? I don't remember. What you know, Charlie Sheen's not a, the world's worst actor. No. No, he may be the world's worst human if everything that's rumored comes out to be true. But... So, do we have anything else well, to add? One more thing. I wish I would have gone back to check this because this was... This one was an IMDb blurb, and I I really wanted to go back to see if it was true. I don't know, but red cell number in Shawshank is two, it two three seven? Is it? Yeah, I, that's what IMDb said. I didn't get a chance to go back and look at it. I wanted to go back and see if it wasn't just some Wikipedia. I will say this: nonsense. It, Shawshank is one of those movies that if it's on, I will sit and watch it. I will too. 
pulls me in. It doesn't matter where it's at in the movie. Doesn't matter where it's at. I will sit down and watch it. Now, we will talk about it later in a future episode for things that drive me crazy about it that we've talked about. Yeah. That make no damn sense. No, yeah. Well, that's another movie that Family Guy, when they were mocking Stephen King stuff, or when they were parroting, they weren't mocking, they were parroting. Stephen King, they did the Shawshank Redemption, and they have a couple things where you're like, yeah, if you think about it too much, things fall yeah. apart. Do we want to end on Shawshank, or do we want to keep going? Let's, let's at least do a couple more, because we have a lot to yeah, get through. Yeah, if, we, if this ain't going to become a six-part thing, we're going to have this yeah, one going right. out. Let's do The Mangler. We can get through that one quick. <laughs> the Mangler was directed by Toby Hooper. It's, For the most part. <laughs> for the most part, Avant Singh Song. I can't. Am I saying his right? I think it's Singh. Avant yeah. Singh, the producer, took over directing duties. As in Khan Because Toby yeah. Hooper quit is what we found out. We cannot find out. And by the way, folks, we're not dropping names, but when we can't find out something, it's pretty well hidden, don't you all think? Yeah. You know what, though? Toby Hooper has a history of having a lot of things that it's, got hidden. It's not hidden, and though has a history of things of getting, I know, my cat, from, again, most of the people who watch Stop, this have see? Cats. Yeah. So, obviously. Anyway, it's a terrible... Mo- well, hold on. The Mangler is not as bad as Graveyard Shift. But it's the got some pretty glor- scenes. The Mangler's a glorified washing machine. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. It's a, Have you ever read the short story? Oh, it's not good. Okay, it's bad. one of the, it's one he worked a summer at a laundry press and yeah. wrote that story. And so did Cavalier in the early seventies. <sighs> Cavalier was a men's magazine, yep. I, if I'm not crazy. Went, nope, about, Cavalier, they Cavalier. used to have these things called magazines and you could submit work to them and they would publish I, I, stories I, I, and I'd say, pay you. I'd say and they published something that kids today you don't understand it. There used to be something called a short story, short fiction. Which doesn't exist. And anymore. you could get it published and now Playboy is about the only place that still That's uh, it. that there are small literary magazines were being somewhat facetious. But as far as uh, as far as as far as you can pick it up at any general store Playboy. at a it's gone. Yeah. Um, so Cavalier, sold it to Cavalier, it was later in by the way, that beautiful edition, the first edition of the Night Shift I picked up a couple of weeks ago that I'm really proud of. It was in that. It's a not a good short story. It's and it's a bad movie. Robert England is the best part. Even I love Ted Levine. Love Ted Levine. Mm. But man, he he is not a leading man. <laughs> and half the time I don't I don't even know what he's saying. You don't don't know what he, in this movie you don't know what he's saying. You don't know what's going on. I mean, there's just, it's all over the damn place. Some of the gore effects are pretty good. Some of the special effects yeah. are okay, as I recall, right? Yes, yeah. Some, and some even, of the sh- the fa- even the Mangler machine itself is impressive. I don't know how they built it. Yeah, it's, it's a, there's, I actually think it's a pretty movie. There's certain scenes. There are that scenes in it that are pretty, but other parts of it, they're, they're not so much. Not so, that are pretty. For some odd reason, the Mangler at the end, of course, comes to life. And then I was watching something on YouTube today, and, I, and I'd forgotten, and I was re- back doing research, and I forgot that it chases them down these stairs that go on forever. Yes. Why? It, it doesn't even look like it's part of the, of the no. building. Yeah, you look at the building. The building is literally three stories, maybe? And all of a sudden, at the end... Victorian stairs. There's a Victorian stairs that just keep chasing them down. I mean, nothing about this movie makes sense. No. It's, hey, how many sequels did it get? Two. two. Mangler no, Reborn. And, it's three. Oh, no, really? no, sorry. Two. Three movies total, two sequels. Mangler yeah, yeah. Reborn, which has, which is like a computer or something or whatever, and that's the one with Lance Hendrickson, and then there's a third one I've never seen. I've never seen the, the sequel. I think the third one's a reboot, actually. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, that was the Mangler. But not a lot to say about the Mangler. <laughs> I want to make the fourth movie in the franchise, so we hope you'll donate Other to my Kickstarter for Mangler like, 4. Keep on Mangler. All I can say to Toby Hooper is thank you for <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's that, is, what I can that is pure Toby Hooper. And I'm not going to thank you for no. Poltergeist. Thank you, Steven Spielberg, for Poltergeist. Oh. Everybody I, knows. I, Go out and listen to that Mick Garris post-mortem and have I'm, him explain it to you even more. Toby, even, poor Toby didn't have a choice. Stephen took over. Oh, I'm, I'm not, not going. Choice. I'm not even going to thank Steven Spielberg. Thank you, Zelda, Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein. You made that film. This yeah. house is indeed clean. clean. Anyway, so the next is Dolores Claiborne. I've got to admit, I've never seen it. Okay, I've, it's one of my wife's favorite. Has one of my wife's favorite lines in it. So I watched of them all time. 
What? When I originally watched the movie in the night. Go ahead. What's the version of this line? It, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in another movie that has the line sometimes be. being a bitch yeah. is all a woman has. Yes. My wife has quoted that line to me directly, and that she loves Dolores Claiborne. That's one Man, of her favorite films. So when I watched her favorite Stephen King. When I it. watched this movie in the the, the late nineties, ninety seven, um, I didn't care for it. I thought it was boring. I watched it this week. It is fantastic. Is it? Uh, you got to watch it. I don't have a copy. Do you have a copy? Yes, I have a copy. <laughs> I think I have a copy. I think Dana has a I've copy. Never, I've never, you know, I've never, and honestly. It is, it is heart. I have never actually Kathy read the book. Bates second Stephen King film. And it's her favorite movie role of her career. The book is over there on my shelf. And to be completely honest and transparent. chef? Shelf. I meant to say shelf, <laughs> but I said chef. I've never read it. Yeah, it's directed by Taylor Hackford, too. Taylor Hackford, love lift us up where we were wrong. Who also directed, I can't wait till Richard Gere comes to my factory and picks me up and takes me away. Who also directed Ray, Taylor Hackford. Taylor, that, you mean who married uh, Dame... Duty, Judy Dent. No, 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 Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Sorry, yeah. He is married, married to Helen Mirren, who, by the way, still looks good. Still looks good, without a question. Um, but Damn. No, but Dolores Claiborne, man. Woof. And I, by the way, it really is great. Sit down, watch it. I think it's. I think it cost. Yeah, it got a lot of critical praise. I believe it got. I believe Kathy Bates got nominated for an Oscar, which she didn't win. Which that's also got Jennifer Jason Lee in it, Jennifer right? Jennifer Jason is Lee, her daughter. Christopher Plummer. Uh, ooh. TV's Christopher Plummer. A young John C. Riley. Guardians of the Galaxy's John C. Riley. I see. I would have went with Dewey Cox, and both of us would have been wrong. Yeah, but, Walk hard, uh, down love. But yeah, I mean, uh, vampire's assistant John C. Riley. Oh, what a terrible! Help me out different. here. Good night. Good luck. George Clooney. No, the the guy who actually played the main character. Oh, I can never remember I his, name. his name. Great actor. But great actor. So yeah, this movie's fantastic. It's a. Hit, it's one of the. Along, it's one of the hidden gems, I think, in terms of Stephen King. It doesn't get. It doesn't. It doesn't. I need to watch it again. Dana loves it though, and I say uh, it doesn't. It doesn't get talked a lot about. Uh, this is where I'm going to ruin something because I wanted to bring this up, and I hopefully have enough time. Because this is one of the we things we can do whatever we want. It's our show. But Stephen King, everybody knows when you when you read Stephen King, or you watch Stephen King movie. When you read Stephen King, there are certain elements to Stephen King books that are common. Like he he uses things over again, right? Like what? Like, for example, um, oh man, kill the woodchucks. <laughs> Keep going, sorry, I didn't anyway. put you on the spot. No, it's okay. not like it's a show or anything. I know. <laughs> not like you should have prepped this. But no, there's certain elements. But this is one, and as soon as I watch it, I'm like, holy crap. So, this there's a scene that takes place, the, the big scene in this movie where it takes place during the, it takes place during the eclipse. Yeah. Eclipse in the 70s. Gerald's Game. The big scene, the big reveal scene takes place during the eclipse of the 70s. It was a total eclipse of the heart. Turn then, around, Brian. Gerald's, eyes. and the, what happens during the the eclipse scene in Gerald's game, it's a, her, she is molested. Now, it doesn't happen in Dolores Claiborne, but the whole thing about why the husband gets killed during the eclipse is the fact that she finds out that her husband molested their daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, those are two very similar things in two different novels. You could have pulled out the, you know, know always talks have... about authors and how authors I just get bothered. into these I was things. like, wait, I was like, he just did that in Dolores Claiborne, and it's basically the same thing as Gerald's Game. That was the only thing that bothered me about it. What's our time? I, I, we can, we, what can, we got? Let's we got two. Let's, no, let's, let's at least get through the I was, two. I was going to say one little quick, because I, I looked up this because I thought I thought of Haley. Because I thought she really liked the show Dead Like Me. <laughs> Turned out she's actually never seen it. <laughs> there went Brad Fuller's not one of the, the, the young anymore. Jennifer Jason Lee is actually played by um oh crap. Ellen Muth Muth, who was the main who was the lead star of Dead Like Me. Oh really? Yeah. But Dolores Claiborne, check it out, it's really good. So there's a movie called The Langoliers. The Langoliers is based on mini series. Oh my eye! Is directed by uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Savage Tom, Steve Holland. No, Tom Holland directed Child's Not Play. Not Spider-Man. Tom Holland. Tom Holland's best film is Fright Night. Anybody gonna argue with that? Not arguing. 
The Langoliers was a mini series with Bronson Pinchot. Dean Stockwell. <laughs> Dean Stockwell. It's not a terrible movie, but it's not good. Woo. The story, the novella it's based on is out of Four Past Midnight. It's, it's another fine time travel thing. It's another time travel thing, kind of, and time is eaten by Langoliers. They look much better in the book, and I guess I should say they read better in the book. They're, well, that's, they're flying worms in the, in the that, miniseries, right? That, I, teeth, yeah. I say, well, that's the problem, though, with a lot of his, because we talked about this before with Children in the Corn. The monster description of Children in the Corn, which still isn't a phenomenal story, but... You can say things like it had eyes like glowing red footballs, and the way I visualize that I know. is cool. Sometimes you have a cool creature, sometimes you don't, and that movie well, you know, suffers from the, the fact Langoliers that... The Langoliers were originally going to be puppets. Yeah, it suffers from bad special There's effects, yeah, even been, of the it, time. It, and it is even, it's still considered some of the worst CGI in history. There's never it been is, anything made of any merit that used puppets in any shape or form at all. You're oh. going up my nose hole. All right. The link, Stephen King says that the reason it, it really even got made is because Tom Holland wanted to direct uh, Thinner. Uh, Thinner. And that was a way to get to do that. Yeah. So they it's, made the Langoliers. It's, it's not good. If you're if you're a Stephen King purist or, or you need to see it, go out and watch it. I, it's not terrible. There's other movies on here that are way worse. Yeah. Or worse. Or, I've Graveyard Chef's worse. Mangler's worse. Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers isn't worse. It's worse. Let's go move on to Thinner. Thinner. Supposedly, there's about 14 cuts of this movie. Yeah, and it's honestly... The book is one of my favorite Stephen King books. It really is. It's one of the first Stephen King books I've read. I think it's written by a man named Richard Bachman, sir. Sorry, Richard Bachman. (laughs) I loved him and Turner Overdrive. Anyway... This you is the first Bachman book. Ah, you're failing miserably. I think this is the first <laughs> Bachman book, Chad, that was actually written after he became famous. Because Stephen King's those first four are books that got rejected. Those yeah. Bachman books, like mm-hmm. Road Work, uh, The Long Walk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Running Man. What do you want to say about Thinner? I it, it's another one that the cast helps it out a lot. Yeah, I I don't know why people hate on it. I kind of I don't like know it. why they hate on it either. It's enjoyable. I, I was sick a couple years ago, stuck in the hospital in October, and there's Stephen King marathons going on. Thank God, and it I I rewatched it, yeah. and I still liked it. I mean, it took Tom Holland was so dedicated. It took him six years developing it. Yeah, and it was actually delayed because of the AIDS epidemic. Oh, I didn't know. People that. thought, yeah, people thought a man losing weight rapidly which is one of the major side side effects of AIDS, people would associate it with that. Supposedly several he, different people tried to take cuts at it. Did you find any of that in the research and they brought in Stephen King to even do one of his, uh, do a cut of it as well? Uh, I didn't find that, but I found, uh, do you know who was originally supposed to direct it? No. Sam Raimi. Oh, what happened? Um, uh, but they were, they were too busy uh, bit writing uh, Evil Dead 2. Oh, so way back in the 80s? Way back in the 80s. You know what? The, speaking of the AIDS epidemic, people he was attached to a lot of stuff. People yeah, don't think about that anymore. But you're right; that killed a lot of things. And I, I'm saying this as odd trivia, mm-hmm. but you so know, many inappropriate jokes. You know, one of the things that uh, AIDS also killed. Yes, Ch- Joe. Besides all those people, I know. But um, Freddie Mercury. B- before it became, before it became only a seasonal thing. Back when we had Count Dracula, Booberry, and Frankenberry all the time. There was Fruit Brute, which was a werewolf, but they had just introduced in the mid-80s one called Yummy Mummy, and it was Rainbow. And because rainbows had been associated with the homosexual population, and there was a huge stigma against that at the start of the AIDS epidemic, that's actually, they killed Yummy Mummy, they stopped making it. They brought it back a couple years ago as a retro thing. But useless trivia, if you're not interested in Stephen King, AIDS killed Yummy Mummy. And so, on, so, so let me put one more piece of thinner into because I, I I really did love thinner. I, th- I think it's another one of those. Do you movies. think that I've actually not read the book? Do you think it's a good adaptation? I think it's a faithful adaptation. Yeah, they hardly change very little. Um, the one thing I'll say about this, um, Tom Holland, mm-hmm. uh, in particular Tom Holland, he did Fright Night. Um, he was stricken with Bell's palsy while they were filming this. Oh, really? And if he. If he would have got treatment right away, got a steroid injection, he would have been okay. The producers demanded he kept working. 
So he didn't get the steroid injection for 36 hours. That's what after the fact. So after because of that, as you as you may know, uh, he spent more than a year and a half to fully recover, which yep. basically ended his career. Yep, that's true. He he. I was wondering why that was, but yeah. he did not go on to do a lot of movies. Yeah, that's why he was. No, he was, was so sick from recovering from Bell's palsy. If you can get a shot within about the first twenty four hours, is ideal. And if you go longer than that, it takes a long time to recover. Now we've never met him, but we've talked to him on the phone. Yep. At, at Scarefest, and he's he's a nice enough guy. I'd like to meet him. Yes, um, I would too. Come on the podcast, Tom Holland, and we will talk your movie. We would love. He actually wrote. Uh, what some people consider a really good movie, Psycho 2, one of the best sequels. Yes. Psycho has a long history of authors that wrote for it that we have brought up before. Mm-hmm. Psycho 2 is a hidden gem. Charles Pope. I think Psycho 2 could be considered a hidden gem, even though people know it exists. Now Tarantino man, says it's better. It's really it's good. It's really good. I need to go back and rewatch it. Okay. So should we well, end there? Let's we're, wrap up and then we'll start. Well, you know, we're, we're going to start with a classic on the next part four. <laughs> we're not. We're, it's a classic. <laughs> No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> it is directed by Mick Garris. Yes, it is directed by Mick Garris. Oh, all right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will try to finish up Stephen King. In four more episodes? This oh, is taking a while. Another episode. I don't know. Ah, uh, shoot. We'll see what the fans say. Stay tuned. If, see you, if you really enjoyed this, why? Text us. I mean, don't us. text us. Text Chad. His number is 8675 <laughs> I'm Joe Lewis. Klondike 5. Jenny, they've got my number. Thank you. On behalf of Haley, toodles. Meh. Some of these assholes have way more views than we do. And their product sucks. Yeah. I know. I don't understand. I think the problem is is that we haven't figured out the right people to sleep with. Maybe if we didn't sleep with each other all the time, we could really get somewhere. Right. You said those cameras were on! <laughs> <laughs>